All right, everybody, and welcome back to the Business of Fitness Podcast. I'm Jason Kleep. On today's episode, we have two very special guests, um, founders, owners, creators of the Slingshot and Super Training Gym. We have Andy and Mark Bell. Thank you for joining us. We're at our Mountain View NC Fit location. You guys just got done filming some stuff with us, and uh, welcome to the party. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, that was a great experience. That was a lot of fun uh, filming uh, today and uh, filming for your app and then getting to see, you know, meet your crew and see how you guys are doing things up here. It was awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Mark jumped in as a guest, first guest ever, I should note, for our NC Fit Collective uh, session plans program that we put out. Uh, you actually jumped in on the, on the videos and it, it's a good testament to kind of bringing in subject material experts on specific items. I didn't have you talk about the butterfly pull-up, but you <laughs> talked about the deadlift and the back squat and other things, and uh, I really loved it, so thank you for your time there. Cool, yeah, appreciate it. Well, topic of conversation for today is this idea of, you know, we are the business of fitness, and you guys are surely in the business of fitness, and you guys have created not only a multi-million dollar brand and have sold close to a million slingshots, I could say. I'd say over, probably. Over yeah. a million slingshots. I mean, that, that in itself is a huge, impressive feat. But this shows about learning tools that owners can take or coaches into their business. And I'd love to the, – one of the things you said, Andy, that I found really interesting is that people want instant gratification, especially nowadays with social media and the way life works. People want things yesterday. And you're saying, hey, it took us two years mm -hmm. to sell our first slingshot, and we had to go all, do all the hard work. So let's start there. Like as you guys have grown slingshot from nothing – Mm -hmm. and to something, what are some big takeaways for you that you think new entrepreneurs can take into their business? Well, I think that um, when when Mark and I started the company, um, you know, he, he came up with the idea and talked to me about, hey, I have this idea, but I really don't know how to get it started, but I know it's a great idea. I know it's going to be huge. And I'm like, well, let's talk about this, figure out what it is. And... We, this was 10 years ago, almost, well, over 10 years ago, because it's a nine-year mm -hmm. anniversary of the first sell of the slingshots coming up in July. On her um, birthday. On my birthday. Oh, wow. July That's 27th. Cool. Um, but like you said, it took us two years. So two years previous to that, um, you know, he said, well, I have this idea to make this equipment or this, this um, you know, I guess it wasn't called a slingshot then, but... Um, do you, do you know people that, you know, we would need a website, we would need a manufacturer, we would need to figure that. I said, well, let's, let's see who do we know that, that are, that's in those things. So I think that's a great place to start is when you have an idea and you have to decide, well, am I selling it online? Am I going to sell it in a store? Am I going to, you know, really think of the bigger picture and then work backwards. And a lot of people get caught up in, like, well, how am I going to, um, you know, pay for the patent and how am I going to pay for the, this to have, uh, you know, what, what's my website going to look like and who are my, I need investors and I right. need this. And, and I think that that's a huge mistake to, to, I mean, not, I'm not saying don't think big, but I think it's a big mistake to almost talk yourself out of the yep. idea because yep. you are thinking of all the things that you have to do that are way down the line. You know, the first thing we did is, okay, what's it made out of? Let's find who makes this material. Okay. Well, it's, it's not like, um, a piece of, gym equipment so we don't need like a steel manufacturer it's it's you know it's it's 
stretchy material. Well, where do we get the stretchy material? Okay, you have to sew it together. Where can we get this? We start sourcing the basic stuff. Okay, we're going to sell it online. Let's find a web. And you can find a high school kid that knows how to build a website. You don't need to go to some consulting company or a big firm. Um, Let's just get the basics together. Let's get, let's just get, get a website. Um, You know, nowadays too, you don't need to hire a IT person. You can it literally you go on like Shopify or WordPress or whatever these are, you can do your own thing. Um, We, I went on uh, LegalZoom.com to start our provisional patent Mm -hmm. that I wrote for the slingshot. You know, I didn't hire a patent attorney right away. I just Googled patent law and I found out, oh, you can do a provisional patent for a year before you actually have to hire an attorney. So we did that. So for a year we were patent pending. That gave us time to test the product, make sure it was something that people wanted to use. It did. So then we started to spend money on an attorney after we had already made money. So you got to be smart about when you spend your money because you don't want to spend all, you know, we have people come to us all the time with ideas. Oh, I have this idea for an invention. And we're like, hold it right there. (laughs) Don't tell us. Don't give away your idea. Like do the research yourself, you know, test it yourself. Look into the law yourself and figure out these things out. Don't just expect someone to say, oh, sure, that's a great idea. I'll make it for you. I'll help you do all this and help you get off the ground. Um, I think that it's really important. And, and, you know, I didn't know anything about patents until we decided we needed to have one. And then, you know, I know a lot about it now. Well, you educated yourself Exactly. I I just want to pause for a second. You said something that really is is critical is that there's so many ways you could talk yourself out of going into business there's so many ways you could talk yourself out of anything right and essentially what you guys said is hey we're not going to talk ourselves out of it we're going to do it smart we're going to but you found out how to do the patent pending on your own you just googled it Mm -hmm. and i think that simple step is the difference between someone who wants to actually be entrepreneurial and build a business and just say hey i got this great idea well everybody has great ideas but it's how do you actually put it into application and it sounds like you were and are, excuse me, the the business side of the business. And Mark seems to be and is um, the the outward facing promotion and face of the business. Is that fair to say? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Well, Mark is he's the idea man for sure. Like I am not a powerlifter. I I don't know. I didn't know anything about any of this gear until he you know, said, this is what we need to make. And then I learned a lot about it, but he definitely comes up with all the products, all the ideas, all the marketing, all the promotion, everything is him. I, he just says, I want to make this and I make it. I, I, I work at the manufacturer. I work with the, um, you know, with the web builder and the, I figure out the shipping and the receiving the logistics. And then I get the marketing plan into place, but he comes up with all that stuff. And what was your background? So I know Mark powerlifting background, gym background, gym rat, et cetera. (laughs) For you, what kind of allowed you to kind of step into this role? Or did you just say, Hey, look, like what was your background before you got into this? Um, well, I was, um, I went to college, University of Kansas. I was a um, NC2A swimmer. I was uh, there yeah, on yeah. scholarship. I uh, got my business degree. And then when I met Mark, I was actually working um, in advertising out in LA. I worked for Westwood One, which was a radio network yeah. company. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Kind of still around. They do podcasts and stuff too. But um, I, so I was an ad person, which 
gave me a background in sales and advertising and marketing and media buying and all that. So I kind of knew a little bit about that, but this was pre-internet being like, or sorry, pre-social media, right. all that stuff. So that was something that we, that we had to learn. But my background is business and um, marketing, but not practical, like, you know, f- school-wise. And then I, you know, obviously when I was doing advertising, I learned some stuff. But um, I've been an athlete my whole life, a swimmer my whole life. So I had a fitness background, but not a specifically lifting background. Right. So the two of us, I think we, you know, a lot of people get asked us questions about being a husband and wife <clears throat> business owner team. Yeah. And um, I think it's really important that you identify your role in, in like you and Ashley, you identify your roles in the, in, in your relationship and in the business and you stick to that. I don't try to come up with product ideas and he, <laughs> if I do, he's like, no, no, no. Yeah. So if you guys actually, I torched form- her the other day. So yeah, I, I, I text her. I said, I have this idea. And, and he's like, like, no, that's no, my no. space. Get out of it. And so <laughs> and was that something you guys had to have, you know, with, with other partners? Cause at the end of the day, you guys are partners. Mm-hmm. Yes. You might be married that, which adds another layer of mm-hmm. course, but you are partners. And when, whenever you have a partnership, I generally, you know, encourage people to have some type of formal partnership agreement where you list out roles, expectations, et cetera. Now, in a marriage, it gets a little different, right? You don't right. really normally formally lay this stuff out. Right. But if you guys actually had to have that tough talk, that kind of quote birds and the bees where you're like, hey, look, this is what you're going to do? Or did it just feel like it organically took place? It definitely just organically took place. I think that we are very different w- with regards to, um, I think, our expertise and things. And it was just known. Like, it, it, it just was... It, all fell into place there's pretty not that easily. Much, there's not that much overlap between right. the two of us. So yeah, yeah. so it, it was real. Okay. Speci- it was real obvious. Like you know, who would take on what role when the when the task yeah. came up? It wasn't ever a question. Well, I mean, that's a huge thing. So I mean, it sounds like from the get go, you know, you guys, this was not an overnight success. Correct. This took years right. before it started to really take off. And it sounded like you guys were just kind of like a good match, obviously, but. You guys both brought different skill sets to the table, but you were humble enough to kind of let the other person do their thing, which I think is really cool to observe from the outside looking in. But one of the things you guys have done as an organization that I um, I like is you guys have produced a ton of free content and education pieces for as long as I can remember. Mm. And what do you think that has done for your business? Because I think there's a lot of businesses out there that they want to get before they give, right? They want to, Hey, you know, let me, let me get paid and then, and then I'll provide the service. But you guys were more like, Hey, let me give, 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 give. Oh, and by the way, we have these products if you want them. So it's a little bit of a different business model, right? Um, how did you, uh, what inspired you to kind of start that way? And then do you think that was been the right decision for you guys as an organization? Do you think you should have started charging for this earlier on? I mean, what do you think? I mean, I'm just asking. You know, I, I never, uh, I've never looking at like, you know, small money. I was never looking at like a $50 exchange for an hour. You know, I was always kind of looking for bigger things. Uh, but I also, you know, thought, try to, I tried to think more simple. You know, I try to keep things, I think simple, but I think hard at the same time. So she mentioned using Google, you know, to get our patent. Well, I, I use Google to find our manufacturer. I typed in uh, like knee sleeves or, or knee wraps, you know, yeah. knee wrap manufacturers and boom, it popped up through my iPhone and through Google. And then w- there's people that I'll run into that I haven't seen in like 20 years. And they're like, oh my God, your stuff's blown up. Like you made it. I can't believe it. That's so incredible. And I'm thinking like, 
what like I haven't really actually blown up. I I have a phone. You have a phone. Uh, you have Facebook. I have Facebook. You have Instagram. I have Instagram. I just simply have filmed stuff and put it up. <laughs> yeah. And people have people gravitated towards it, obviously. And I I'm providing value. I kind of recognize that, but I'm thinking like the ball's in your court too, and you don't even you're not even paying attention to it. Mm. You have all you have access to all the same stuff that we have access to. I mean, as things grow, obviously things start to change from that point. But um, yeah, it started out with my phone. It started out with just filming. I was like, these workouts are fun. Who wouldn't be excited to see someone squat 800 pounds? That's that's intriguing. Even if the person doesn't want to do it, they must think in their head, like, how the hell is that guy doing that? So I thought, you know, it would be great to to showcase that. And I also knew powerlifting wasn't popular enough to try to charge for it. Powerlifters are very blue collar and um, you can get them to buy some stuff, but <laughs> it, it better be really good if you're going to get them to buy something. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Okay. I, I think too with Mark um – you know, he mentions powerlifting. He also loves, loves, loves powerlifting. And from the very beginning, I think um, when he first started on social media, which he was one of the dinosaurs, they had like a, what did you have a a, bl- a blog or I no, had a, had a, it was called put file. <laughs> yeah. So I was before I was before YouTube. Was it like WordPress? It was. Uh, I'm not it was sure. No, no, it was like YouTube. Yeah, but it was before YouTube was around. But he would he would like people would send him stuff. He'd critique people's form, and I mean he did it because I he would, loves parallels and he right. wanted people to do it. So he wanted to encourage. I'd say people. it's fair to say I have more videos than anybody in fitness. Period. Well, like it's it because you love it. Few though. And I think, right. I think for people listening who have a business or if you're coaching somewhere. I think it starts off with you've been grinding in the powerlifting space for how long? How long have you been grinding before you created the slingshot? Um, probably about 15 or 20 years, yeah. 15 or 20 years. Yeah. And, you know, people say, like, find your passion, never work a day. And there's, like, some kind of fluffy <laughs> stuff around that. But I do think what's something that's really interesting is that when you love something and you're really excited about it, you'll do it for long enough until you kind of find an avenue to become successful enough at right. it. Whereas if you suck, if you if you hate it and you suck at it, <laughs> You're probably just going to, you know, you know, because business doesn't come easy. And so when this idea came up and Mark's like, hey, I'm going to, we're creating this thing. Mm -hmm. And it took you two years. During that time, was there ever a time where you're like, hey, look, maybe this idea isn't as great as you think it is? Well, here's what's funny is when, during the time when he was coming up with the idea, I was still working full time in advertising. This was, um, I think this was before, it was just right around the, the, 2008 crash, you know? Yeah. <laughs> and um, so it was just kind of a idea. I We weren't banking on it being, at least I wasn't banking on it being our life's work. I thought, oh, this is something he wants to make. It might make a few hundred bucks. That'll be cool. We'll have a little extra money. Um, he always thought this is, this is a huge idea. This is, but he, you know, I never really got the scope of it until probably, you know, six months into the product being out there. I also wasn't doing anything with it for a long time because I, I tried to pitch it to some other companies and they shot it down. And you taught you guys both mentioned earlier, you know, not talking yourself out of things. And a big reason for that is other people will do that for you. And so I kept hearing that it wasn't a good idea and nobody wanted to make it. I went to two or three different companies and I just kind of put my hands up. And to be totally honest, I just quit. I was like, I, well, I don't think maybe it's not that good of an idea. So at that time, yeah, I did. I did kind of think like, oh, man, maybe it's not going to ever do anything. But then having my oldest brother die, uh, you know, of drugs and many different complications, you know, I, I kind of took that as a message of like, hey, man, like life's kind of short. You better 
whatever it is you want to do, you better go chase it down with everything you got. And so from that point on, I was like, I, I'm going to, I'm going to figure this out. And I, again, I think everyone wants to like think big, right? They want to think of like these big dreams and these big, huge goals. Right. And that's great. And that, that can, that can keep you motivated for a period of time. But I think if you just, rather than thinking big, like think hard, think about like, what are the resources that you have around like what's going on in your world? Like who do you know that can help you with whatever the situation is? If you have to get out of a bad situation or if you're trying to get to a better situation, who around you can help with that? And I started kind of thinking and I'm like, the only person that can really help make this product is myself. I need to look inward because I keep explaining it to people. People think it's a crap idea <laughs> and I need to make it so I can show somebody and say, try that on for size and see how it works. Yeah. You know, literally, right? That's super. And once I, yeah. once I did, then people were like, oh, no pain in my shoulders. Now I can bench press more weight. Now it helps me with better form. Then the light bulb started going off in their head of, of why, you know, the idea was good. But to get it started, I was like, who can sew stuff together? And I'm like, I yeah. got to start asking around. And so I asked her. I was like, I have this idea. I got this thing. It's, it's a stretchy material, but it needs to be sewn together. I don't know how to sew anything. She said, my friend, uh, you know, makes swimsuits for our swim team at, at the uh, class that she goes to in the morning. And I was like, well, let's try to meet up with her. And that's what happened. We met up with her. She yeah. sewed it together. And so think about the resources. I think we have more resources around us than you might think. Well, and I think, too, he, you know, what he said about about thinking big, it, you know, a lot of people, it, sometimes they they have an idea. Oh, I need to get a building and I need to get a staff and I need to get this. Yeah, no. no, no, no. We got to wait until we, I get. Right? Yeah, like, that oh, is don't, wait. Wait. don't worry about that. Like we. We started this out of our garage. Yeah. So we had the, you know, the the product. Um, once once we and we went through some. We had a manufacturer didn't work out. Product was crap. We had to start all that all over with a whole new person. Um, so we had some, you know, some setbacks. But once we got it and it was the right product, we got the website live. Um, we got the, you know, we had, I think, 4,000 units shipped to our garage, all stacked in our, you know, little two-car garage in uh, when we were living in Woodland. And I just started, you know, I went to the post office and got some yeah, USPS free, yeah. free material. I didn't have to pay for it. And I uh, got a stamps.com account and just started, you know, copying and pasting shipping labels yeah. and doing it from, I would drive them to the post office every day, you know, started out a few orders a day. And it was like that way for a while. And, and we didn't need, you know, now we have the big warehouse and the, and the facility and everything, but it all grew from that one idea that was in our garage. So there was no overhead. And we also... I'm a big fan of baby steps when it comes to a business. I think there's you, been a lot of, yeah, there's a lot been a lot of, steps. a lot of small steps. So we didn't go right into hiring a full staff. I did customer service. I did everything. He, you know, he was marketing, but I did all the other stuff. Then eventually we hired someone to help me do the shipping because we needed, right. you know, so I pay someone, you know, whatever, whatever, yeah. five, 10 yeah. bucks, whatever to come and help me for the day. They'd come a couple hours a week, you know, whatever. Um, then we got to the point where, okay, now we need, you know, but as we grew and as the money grew, then it was my job to say, okay, now I can spend a little bit of money and I can, cause I was, I want all the, I want my margin to be as high as possible. So I didn't want to hire a bunch of people right out of the gate. I hired one person, then another person, then another, now we're up to 20 staff. You know, I think 15 full time. 
uh, five, five or so part time. And that's taken about, you know, nine it's years. It's taken nine well, years, exactly. And I just yeah. want to kind of pause for a second. So there's a few key things I think you're saying that I think are really important. The first one that Mark said is, is you start asking yourself, who around me could support me on this journey? And there was nobody, so hypothetically. <laughs> so you said, hey, I got to look inward and kind of be more about it. I think that's super, super powerful. And then you say, well, hey, if I'm really about it, well, what resources do I have around me? And everybody has resources, mm-hmm. honestly. Now, you got to approach them the right way and make sure that they don't feel like you're – feel like they're really – like you're trying to provide value to other people. You're trying to build a business. And there are people that want to help you. There mm-hmm. is. Like this woman who did swimsuits. Yeah. And I, and I think the other really valuable thing that I think you're saying is is this idea of start small and grow. And, you know, right now we're in a space in Mountain View, California, where the rent is um, – is, like t- 20 times more than our first rent. Mm-hmm. Our first rent for, you know, was a, a 1500 bucks. So yeah. you guys could do the math on that. Right. But imagine our first spot was that because that's what we, that's what we could afford. We and at the time school. you were like, oh my God. Yeah. Right. At the time that's <laughs> yeah. where we were at. But then over time you expand, you grow and, and you take small steps. But I think one of the things I think, and I think you'll agree with me on this. I'm curious your thought. Because you guys didn't take on huge amounts of outside funding, or did you guys take on any outside funding? No. Because you guys didn't take on outside funding or any huge amounts of money at all, mm-hmm. you were able to run the business in a smooth, consistent way without having to um, be so focused on necessarily profitability, but be focused on smooth, consistent growth, but not the expense of necessarily quality or whatever else you guys are all about, right? I mean, right. Well, the, the, Number one thing that we are so happy that we didn't do is take on a third partner or an investor because we have run this business exactly how him and I want to run it. We don't have to answer to anyone. We don't have to show our financials to anyone. We spend all of our money the way we want to spend it. And I think that's really important. I think a lot of people, again, this is about the think big or think smart or think, you know, be smart or think hard is because you have to understand if someone gives you money to start a company, they're going to want they're going to want something back. They're going to want information. They're going to want to have feedback maybe or input. Now, yeah. along those same lines, you might find someone that is just a friend or someone that $10,000 is like $10 to you, right? It doesn't make any difference to them. So they, they're like, okay, I'll help. So we've had people help like that. I had uh, one guy who was a lifter in my gym who helped with super training. Uh, he's like, I love this place. I love training here. Let me know how I can help. And I was always like, oh, no, it's all good. And then we had to move. I was like, I'm in a tight spot. I really could use some money. We had a conversation, though. And he, he gave me 5000 bucks, and I explained, like, what that would do. I was like, all that is is a lifetime membership for you and any of your right. friends you want to come in here. Any shirts we ever make or gear we ever make, it's all free for you. And he was like, I'm good with that. And that was the exchange. And then we had a similar situation happen when we created the Slingshot. I went to a friend of mine, John Hennigan, who's a professional wrestler. He's still uh, wrestling today, still on TV today. And uh, we were in a tight spot because uh, we ordered some slingshots. and a customs we, fee that we didn't know we had to yeah, pay. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. We got in this weird spot. And I said, hey, man, I'm like, I, you know, I got this idea. I got this, you know, invention. And They're like, sitting he and I, on a dock in San Francisco. He and, I have been some, he and I have been good friends for quite some time. And so I was like, man, he's like, just tell what is it? What do you need? And I think it was like 20 grand. It was quite no, a bit. No, no, it was... Yeah, it was. It was. It was. I think it was about ten. It was a well, nice chunk yeah. of money. He overnighted it. Yeah, didn't make any difference. To him. Well, I mean, that just think shows about you your built up your credibility because your resources, like you were right. saying. But back to the customs fees. 
that's something that can hit you out of the blue that you need to be prepared for. Yeah. So <laughs> one thing I, w- I would always recommend, and we see this in our business, we had the city come down on us the other day for operating before 6 a.m. because mm-hmm. our conditional use permit wouldn't allow it. It wasn't even something that was on our radar. But that could be a big problem. And so the more research you could do about all facets, especially governmental, because if they really want something, they're going to get it eventually. Um, That's a big takeaway for me. Now, your business has grown. And something I think that you guys have done well, we talk about the free content, we talk about yours as a partnership, but you've also diversified your revenue streams, which I think is interesting. Now, they're all in the product category for the most part, but you guys have now... um, the slingshot, the hip circle, the knee sleeves, mm-hmm. plus all your apparel and all that other stuff. Right. Now, when did you guys know that it was an appropriate time to diversify out from the original slingshot and get into new products? When did you know it was the right time and how did you guys administer that? Uh, basically, I think it was, a, it was just a natural progression. You know, once I created the slingshot and then once I was like, okay, people are going to handle more weight in a bench press, they're going to want to protect their wrist. They got to protect the smallest joint that's involved in the bench press and that'd be your wrist. And so from that point, once I created the slingshot, once I created the wrist wraps, from that point, I wanted to figure out how do I how do I help protect people head to toe? Because people don't just have shoulder problems. They got elbow issues. They got hip issues. They got knee issues. And so I started to kind of work my way down the body. And that's what the creation of the hip circle happened. And then the knee sleeves from there. Because people are in a lot of pain. And pain is a huge deterrent to get any sort of consistency with training. So I was like, man, a lot of people are trying to make training a lot harder. I'd like to make it a lot easier. Lower yeah. the barrier of entry. And that's part of the reason why the gym is free and stuff like that. Lower that barrier of entry uh, into fitness and make it a little less uh, painful. Yeah. And so from a business perspective, have you guys ever um, found yourself, because you guys are an inventory-based system, mm-hmm. Have you guys? how have you guys been able to manage inventory to actual like distribution? Well, I'll talk on this one. So this is the behind-the-scenes stuff that he does. I would, I would <laughs> add one more thing. You, you mentioned uh, the right time. You yeah. Know? So I didn't necessarily answer the question. It was just a natural uh, progression. But I knew it was the right move because it was all stuff that I was using. So it was all comfortable to me. It all felt good to me when I was lifting. And I was like, this well, makes yeah. this yeah. makes sense to release this because this is working great for right. me. If it other works people, for me, other people are going to yeah. get value from it. Right. Now, inventory huge. question. Yeah. <laughs> now inventory. Now inventory. Um, well, in the very beginning, it was – it was uh, this was – when we first started, we were using – an inventory system where I would just count how many products we had in the garage, how many I thought we would be selling. And I knew that our turnaround time was like 60 days or whatever. So I would just do the math in my head, place an order based on what I thought we'd be selling, you know, and it didn't work that well. We were out of stock a lot and he would be so frustrated. Why are we out of stock on this? And I'm like, I know, I know. I, you know, sometimes there'd be a problem. I'm like, we got one product. Yeah. Out of stock. <laughs> yeah. There's a lead there, time. And there, this there, and yeah. That. And yeah, that changes. So, yeah. you know, depending on the time of year, all that stuff I didn't know, you know, you, you, like you said, you kind of learn by doing a lot of this stuff. You have to, I didn't realize that, you know, overseas manufacturers or shipping, like there's so many factors. If your stuff gets held up in customs, it could get held up for months. You know, we've been pretty lucky where we haven't had that, but we have had weeks being held up or, you know, one issue or another with government stuff, stuff out of your control. So that would definitely affect things. But as we've grown, now everything is software based. So all of our inventory, we can pull it. We, we try to stay ahead six months. So we order six months in advance every time and we mix it up, so, you know, the products. So we we have several different manufacturers now. So we're ordering constantly, constantly ordering, receiving, you know, keeping everything. So we never do get out of stock every now and then apparel is tricky. So apparel, because there's a lot of 
coming and going with styles and colors and things like that. But sometimes um, being out of stock is a blessing. Yeah, I was gonna yeah. say people I mean, really have guys, want it. Have you guys ever the demand is high. Order and be stuck with stuff. And well, stuff? that's the beauty of our product. the The shelf life is kind of infinite. So as long as we have the space, it's not really a burden to us to over order. But it, you don't want to tie up your money, you know, in, in inventory sitting on the shelves, obviously. So you do have to. In nine years, we've learned kind of how to order the right amount so it it sits long enough that will it'll sit there and we won't be out of stock so we can run specials and you can run promotions and and do certain things with certain products and move stuff as you need it but then also have space for new products or or you know extra inventory we have had disasters too over the years things not sewn correctly and things yeah. that we can't sell you have and, to you have to quality check everything and yeah. if you have something you might have a whole batch of something that's totally wrong and unusable and you got to you got to destroy that, it or that's send the it back cost of doing business that is it really and, is and that's so, a tough one mm-hmm. and so for someone who's looking to get into business and you guys are obviously in the product space inventory is important you started mm-hmm. off maybe you could have Lesson learned there is maybe start with some type of software-based system from the beginning. Right. Um, I wish we had done certain things different from the beginning, of course. Uh, but if but if someone's getting into business today and they're going from zero employees, just themselves, they have this idea, they're utilizing their network, which I love, then they're building it up. When you go from one employee to five mm-hmm. to 10 to 20, you know, how have you been able to try and keep the original ethos and culture? Because, you know, I look at our company and we have you know, you know, like we have about 150 coaches globally and our company is a little bit different because it's more separated out. Your guys' is more Mm in-house internal. And so when you have an HQ like that, there's a lot of different personalities, a lot of different people. How have you guys been able to kind of keep the culture tight with your team? What are some things you guys might do to help career trajectory, stuff like that? What's some feedback there? Well, we, I think we've always tried to create a real family atmosphere, you know, because it is a smaller you know, setting, we're all together. Um, We try to make sure that we hire people that, um, that would, that would fit in with the the dynamic that we have established at super training. We have a, uh, a very, it well, it's fitness based. It's, you know, we have a lot of young, you know, employees, which is, you know, we're in our forties and we have 20 year olds working for us. And it's, it's, there is a little bit of a, you know, (laughs) a difference in, in mentality, but I think we try to keep it where, we try to be bosses that are like we're we're casual but like work hard play hard um mentality where we we demand a lot from everyone but we also i think we're really fair we every month we try to do some corporate thing like we took everyone to lunch on a friday and just didn't didn't have anything no agenda just just to have fun spend time with each other get to know each other um a lot of our people a lot of the um, employees were recommendations from other employees that are there. So they're friends, you yeah, know, outside of work. So referrals. referrals have been big for you. Yeah, guys. that's huge. And um, we've rarely, if ever, hired someone just from like a Craigslist ad. We don't do that. We kind of get, you know, six degrees of separation with a lot of people or they've been a fan of the gym. They come in and work out. Hey, and they start as an intern. Uh, almost everyone that worked there has worked their way up. They start in customer service or they start at the store or they start in the warehouse and then they show interest in another place in the business and they can grow. Um, we know not everyone that, that's working there now is going to be working there in 10 years, but it's, I think it's a great place because we have so many things going on, like, like your business where we have social media, we have videos, we have, you know, filming, we have photos, we have 
inventory, warehousing, logistics, we have a gym, we have so many, we have podcasts, you know, there's so many things going on. If, if you're not interested in one of those things, then, you know, you could, yeah. you don't belong. Yeah. We don't, have, we, yeah, that's good. Cool. Whoever's the like operator of the facility, you know, sometimes an owner might be detached and that might be fine because maybe they have a business plan and they have other people that run the operation. But whoever's there, like kind of in like the day to day, they need to really be involved with the people that are there from an emotional standpoint, from a business standpoint. Um, you know, people will say, you know, don't mix like, uh, you know, business and friendship and stuff like that. And I don't really agree with that. I think that you kind of need to. I think the space that we're in, the time that we're in right now, I think it's really important that you are involved in people's lives and that you show them how much you care. Spend time with those people. I know it, it can be hard. You know, I was leave, I was on my way to leave yesterday, but one of our uh, one of our coworkers, you know, has a bad back and stuff. So I started showing her exercise and I, I took her through like a half an hour workout. I wanted nothing more than to go home because I've been in the gym since, you know, four in the morning. But it's important that you show show people that you really care about them. And the other thing I think is recognition. That's all people really want. I think that we're always thinking about money. Yeah. Like, oh, maybe I'll give him like a gift card to Costco or maybe I'll maybe I'll give him a promotion or a bonus or something. You know what? It's really effective. Stand up in front of everybody. Stand up in front of however many employees you have and say that guy over there or that girl over there is kicking ass and they're doing a great job and we love them for it. And let's all give them around like yeah. that alone. I mean, people are walking around with a big sign on their head all day long that, that's flashing that says they want recognition, especially through social media and all the different things. When it's appropriate and someone's earned it, give it to them. Give them that pat on the back. I love that. Yeah. Well, guys, I am. Um, I'm super excited with Super Training Gym and Slingshot have in the future. I think guys also have a new product, Mind Bullet. Uh-huh. Um, that's more of the supplement space. Right. Mm-hmm. I'm excited to. Ha- Overall, how's that experience been? It's been great. Uh, that's been kind of my baby. I think um, I'm dusting off my uh my my garage you know garage uh, days, yeah. my garage oh, days yeah. because it's it's a home-based business as of now um so i've been doing all of the customer service and the shipping and the receiving and all of that it's um it's like going back back to the to the roots but it's been awesome the feedback has been really great um i think that uh this product which is kratom is something that is about to really explode. I think it's it's not a lot of people know a lot about it. There's a lot of misinformation out there. So we, with our website, which is mindbullet.com, we try to be very transparent and put a lot. We've done research. We've done safety studies. We've, um, we're in contact with tons of scientists that are studying the product. And it's pretty amazing all the different things that it can provide um, to the end user. It's a it's a little bit of a of a I think like a wonder drug in a way. It's a, or a supplement. Yeah. Um, but it's been really awesome. I think people people are starting to know the benefit benefits of it and um, seek it out and and it's pretty cool. I think that we're right at right in the beginning of it exploding. So it's something that we hope will you know be like the next slingshot (laughs) well and again you know to go back to the beginning in the beginning of the podcast i talked about you know um this is all the stuff that i use you know so this has been a product that i've been using for a few years now i use it before workouts i sometimes use it before work i sometimes use it before a podcast and uh, for me helps give me some clarity helps me with creativity um for other people some people say it helps them with sleep some people think it it feels it gives them like an energy burst Mm -hmm. so each person kind of has a different reaction some people take it and don't feel anything some people uh take it and uh 
Uh, they might feel like euphoric. So it does a wide variety of things. I think maybe it just depends on your chemistry and, uh, and how, much, uh, how much you take. Yeah. Love it. Well, guys, I wish you the best with Mind Bullet. Uh, thank you again for coming today, filming with us. I, I truly believe we're putting out the world's best session plans and programming for gym owners out there in the boutique fitness space. If you haven't checked us out, check out the NC Fit Collective It's or email collective at nc.fit. And if they want more information about Slingshot, about your products, what the products actually are, because we've mm-hmm. been talking mainly about business, uh, where should they go? What's the easiest place they should go to? MarkBellSlingshot.com. MarkBellSlingshot.com. There you yeah. go. That's pretty simple. <laughs> yeah. Go there, check it out. And uh, I know these guys are also active on social media. And um, I hope everybody has a phenomenal day. And we'll catch you again next week for an episode of the Business of Fitness Podcast. Thank you so much. Thanks, Jason.